coward. I'm a coward. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. Feeling it today. Stay out till four in the morning. Episode the, uh, editing the last episode with Sam, um, but we carry on. We carry on. This train ain't stopping, baby. Um, that was fun. I think I'm gonna get more guests on. Uh, comment below if you like when I have guests. And I I had to do it in my room because the shed has no Wi-Fi. But it looked kind of tasty. I don't know. What do you guys think? Maybe we're done with these boys, these wild boys. Um, because I don't know if the lighting doesn't look quite as good because it's sort of um, absorbed by these vinyl covers. There was something nice about that white wall that was a bit... Fucking tasty! The Last Dance. Last night. That's part of the reason I stayed up is because I finished the last episode of The Last Dance. And it's brilliant. I love it. I mean, it is, it is Netflix, so it is ridiculously over the top. And I love how in the, in the show they managed to make even though it's the greatest basketball team that's ever lived, they still manage to make it look like every game they're about to lose. Like, they won six titles in a row, but the real genius of the documentary is how they make every single game feel like they're just about to lose it. Um, it's always like, we thought we were going to blow Utah Jazz out the water. The, all the games follow the same narrative, which is, oh, we th- we're the balls. We thought we were going to beat them. We're very confident. But they put up more of a fight than we thought. And then one of the people on the other team goes like, nice work, Jordan. And it was like, and it cuts to Jordan going, and that's when it became personal for me. Uh, and then he dunks in the last second. But we're not here to talk about the last dance. We're here to talk about L. Ron Hubbard, who is one of my favourite boys to go wild and one i've known about for a long time um i'm not going to talk too much about the ins and outs of scientology because there's a lot of uh podcasts and things that will do it a lot better um i I will talk about some of my experiences with scientology but if you're looking for a podcast that really interestingly talks about scientology podcast with harry whittles and pete holmes and it's about harry whittles is a comedy writer who helped write things like parks and rec and basically he took he joined scientology for a bit because he was struggling with alcohol uh abuse and just a general addiction uh and he talks about being in scientology and it's really interesting uh sadly he killed himself um a few months after the podcast so it really is was in my top five podcasts full time, I think. But what the interesting thing that he said was that how Scientology sort of gets celebrities and people in is there's a lot of celebrities are struggling with a lot of addictions and mental health problems, and Scientology offers a rehab solution. So you go to Scientology, and basically they just offer incredible rehab, um, and which means they effectively managed to uh, remove all sort of substance abuse from your life until you pass withdrawal and you're sort of briefly not addicted for a bit. Um, but that's why when people go there and because when this is the thing, if you're going to set up a cult, make it a rehab is genius because if you're addicted to drugs and then a cult says we can cure you. You go there and they just do basic rehab. You become better. You will believe anything they said because they've cured you or they've helped you with your addiction. Because they, they will have changed your life, but it won't be... Like, the Scientology didn't make an effective rehab. 
the fact that it's just an effective rehab makes it an effective rehab with lots of money ch- chucked in. L. Ron Hubbard is great because I do think he's a genius. But it's, once again, going back to my theory, no matter how brilliant or talented any boy or man can be, they're all inherently dumb as shit. Um, He's a great example because I think what he managed to achieve in his life could only be done by a genius. But he was also a fucking moron. So, sort of a dream scenario for a Boy Gone Wild episode. Um, he managed to do so much in his life. I mean, only setting up this religion, that's, uh, he managed to make a religion that has thousands of members, millions of members um, today. Uh, he managed to set that up. Imagine setting up a religion where you're the founder and you're sort of the Jesus figure, the, you know, and your name's Ronald. That takes a lot of skill. I think it's underestimated how much skill it takes to set up a obsessive, crazy cult when you're called Ronald. And thank you for the founder of this great religion, the true way, the only path, the one and only, the divine, Ronald. But he is an interesting person because... Uh, once I, I've been to Scientology centers twice because I was very fascinated first time I went on a date with my ex uh, to Elron Hubbard's office I think it's around Euston area in London and it's free to go in uh, and you get a tour from a real Scientologist like a three-dimensional one one you can touch and smell um, and it's fascinating if you're looking for uh, fun, quirky date ideas, I 100% recommend going to Elron Hubbard's office. It's really... It was just me and her with this girl from Scientology who looked pretty normal um, as well. I don't know what I expected them to look like, but she... I mean, there was a intenseness behind the eyes uh, and we weren't allowed to take pictures in there, but she looked pretty normal. Um, it's just such an odd aesthetic... Uh, Scientology it feels like it's a the whole religion feels like it's sort of generated by an AI you know it looks like a robot has scanned all cultures and religions uh, and has been someone's pressed command to see if they can just create a random religion and it's had a glitch and some science has got in because the whole aesthetic even of the office is these kind of white pillars there's lots of gold it's sort of like almost tasteful almost but just terrifyingly garish at the same time uh there was a wall up in the his office with uh, a collections of lots of his uh, pulp fiction because a little known fact about Aaron Hubbard is that he's the most published author of all time um which is pretty impressive uh apart from he was writing pulp fiction uh which pulp fiction if you don't know was it's basically cheap uh short little sort of um thrilling sci-fi novels uh, that you could buy for, you know, 10 cents or whatever. Um, and it's where a lot of writers start. Uh, and they're called Pulp Fictions because they're made out of pulp. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't think it's a good sign for a religion or science, whatever they 
choose it to be because they, they say science and religion interchangeably. I've spoken to quite a few Scientologists and it seems that it's, I, I don't know how, I asked constantly if it's a science or religion and somehow I still don't know because whenever it suits them to, for it to be a science. But the thing is, it, we're not saying it's religion, it's a science. And then when it comes, like the tax man's like, all right, can you guys pay taxes? Oh, no, no, we're religion, we're religion. I don't think it's a great sign when the sort of founder and teacher of your religion is uh, a Pulp Fiction writer. Like his whole, his, he's the most published at writing uh, inherently shite, cheap fiction. I just don't think that's a good sign when uh, you're trying to convince someone that someone's found the true meaning and the stories he's telling about seeing uh, messages in the stars and everything uh, are true. I mean, some of the names of his pulp fictions, it, once again, it's so odd because like it is like an auto-generated sort of uh, titles of just generic sci-fi. One of them's called To the Stars literally could be anything typewriter in the sky return to tomorrow my favorite battlefield earth i mean what does that even mean? battlefield earth it's just getting two things that uh, come into sci-fi and just meld them together it was made into one of the worst reviewed films on imdb uh, i haven't seen it but uh, i kind of want to my second experience of scientology is i went to their headquarters and in London, well, one of their headquarters, their UK headquarters in London, because uh, there's a there's quite a big Scientology presence in the UK, even though it's not officially recognised as a religion here. Um, for some reason, uh, it was Elron Hubbard. After sort of there were some financial failures in America, he moved to East Grinstead, um, which is also where a lot of Mormons are. So there must be some, there's some some weird. There's a weird end, and Jehovah's Witnesses, I think. There's like a weird culty energy around East Grinstead, um, which I, I don't know how the universe has pulled these kind of weird beliefs together. But we, I went to the headquarters in uh, Blackfriars. Um, <coughs> I went to the headquarters in Blackfriars, which is this huge, beautiful building certainly on the outside on the inside it's got that garish Scientology sort of white marble but still the amount of money into this thing is crazy so me and my friend went there and everyone's kind of like well groomed and clean looking but in a kind of weird way and it's just bizarre you can just walk in there I recommend this as well um, and you just go uh, to take a look around And so we were guided by a Scientologist who, for free, just gave up his time uh, to, to answer any questions we had. Um, he, he at least had an interesting take. I mean, weirdly, it's quite scary. After I went there, I did. It didn't seem. <laughs> it didn't seem as mental as some of the documentaries had made it made it out to be. Even though it, I know it is. Uh, you can start to see where the 
imperialism. We'll go up into this place and there's all these little booths that have these short propaganda films that are all just really cheesily done. And they explain the life of L. Ron Hubbard and how amazing he is and how incredible what he's achieved is, even though he's a fucking nutcase who... Um, when his wife threatened to leave, second wife threatened to leave him, he said that he had uh, kidnapped their daughter and chopped her up and butchered her. Uh, and only when she came back did he reveal that he hadn't. Just, just goofing, just my boy goofing. But they, they didn't. They, they left that bit out of the video. Um, but uh, I was going to make this uh, an episode on Elrond Hubbard, but I think I'll just make it about Scientology um, because I'm running out of time. But when we were there, I asked a lot of questions and the general um, kind of belief of Scientology, it seems, is that through auditing, which is their specific sort of version of therapy, even though I'm sure they wouldn't like to call it that, where they ask you loads of questions that reveal things about you that you would know, these kind of weird specific questions. Um, uh, do you often react in anger and... Um, are you often short-tempered? Uh, uh, are you good with kids? And just these kind of slightly off questions. Uh, and you have to answer them as quick as you can. Um, through that, they, there's this idea that they can work out basically traumas that have affected you from past lives. Uh, and that we've all lived many different lives and a lot of people we're drawn to and connected to, we've met in many different lives. Um so another thing I learned when I was there was they think that when you have a, when you have a smell or a food that you taste and it, you really have a bad reaction to it, that's often due to a trauma that you might have felt in another lifetime. But then um, after we'd, we'd gone through all the films, me and Mark got taken away into the belly of the building. And they said, right, can you fill out this um, form? You have like 10 minutes and it's like 100 questions where you tick uh, yes or no. And it's like those questions I was talking about earlier, uh, which these sort of bizarre questions. I can't remember what they were, but they sort of like um, just slightly off. And they just listed off these 100 and we just went through them all. Uh, I, I don't know if I still have my uh, results. Um, but they then they analyse those. You just chill out for a bit, and then you go off with your chosen Scientologist. You sit down, and then they give you with their your results. They give you a full sort of therapy session, and it was free. I remember this is at like nine p.m. on like a Wednesday, and they're still Scientologists working there, happy to help. This was super late, um, without asking for any money. It was just odd and I had this uh, very sweet bald Belgian guy who was very like hello yes good to meet you <laughs> okay um yeah I've seen your results and I'd, I'd wonder if we could talk about how you're feeling um yeah and when I asked him why he I came to huh, I came to London uh I came to London for love uh, I fell in love with an English rose 
uh, and then I got pricked by a thorn, you know. But we then I found Scientology and I I learned to move above it. Uh, terrifying, but uh, I, I've never had therapy before, so I thought I'd use it as an opportunity to at least try and really be open minded and engage. So I had a full therapy session with the person for like half an hour. I talked about a lot of fears I had, a lot of things like that, and it was just it was just very it was a very interesting experience. Um, I mean, the graph was bullshit. I think they said a lot of, from those 100 questions, it came out with like a sort of bar chart of what my emotions were. Uh, and they weren't really true, all my personality was. And it once again uh, really proves the sort of uh, strangeness of Scientology where they try and sort of add this pseudoscience to sort of mix in with spirituality and religion, just this whole jumble of different but yeah very weird very weird indeed um i guess actually with all the weirdness of scientology i, I have so much i can say on scientology i have not um, even scratched the surface of my actual <laughs> thoughts on scientology i've just fucked around um but even though i'm near the end of this episode i think one of the strangest things and i don't know if this was a glitch but I have the exact same amount of followers as Scientology. And this must be... This must be some sort of glitch. I looked on Scientology and they had a video there which had 400,000 views and they have lots of videos that have... And their official page only has 355 subscribers. Which, for some reason, with all the stuff I've looked at with Scientology, with all the Scientologists I've met and all the buildings I've gone to and the research I've done... The fact that they had such view, uh, highly viewed videos and so few subscribers for such a big organization, for some reason that freaked me out more than anything. It has, it doesn't. There's no reason why that's terrifying, but somehow it is. Just odd, you know. And how we have the exact same amount of subscribers. I'm as popular on YouTube as Scientology. Um, but yeah, and and if you are wondering from the last episode, Stinky Cuck Pedo, uh, what Elron Hubbard is. He's actually a stinky pedo, um, and as is the normal dynamics of any cult, it's often uh, led by a stinky pedo, and the followers of the cult are stinky cucks. Uh, that's sort of the general dynamic. I understand fully that if you haven't watched the episode on what stinky cuck pedo is, that will sound utter nonsense. And that's part of the beauty of the system, is that if you don't have it explained to you in great detail, it really sounds utterly absurd. Um, but yeah, that's sort of the end. I think I've come. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm going to try and get some more sleep. And um, remember, no matter what a modern religion or even an old religion, the lessons they try and teach you... Um, I think from all I know about I, I I've done a lot of research into different world religions and I think there's a lot of uh, cultural specificity um and they all say that the one true religion a lot of them but they're often all trying to say the same things uh and I think the key lesson that Christianity Scientology Islam Judaism is sort of the lesson of this podcast which is uh think big work smart <laughs> <laughs>